today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Hear now for the word of the Lord. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecute the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. morning everybody it's good to see you all all and it's good to be here uh, to share the word of God with you let's pray before we begin God our helper by your Holy Spirit open our minds that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed we may be led into your truth and taught your will for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord amen amen uh, just gonna open this water bottle I have here for after service to invite anybody um, to join me. I think a few weeks ago, Pastor Paul challenged me if I could be like John the Baptist and eat crickets. So this is a jar of crickets, and um, I want to share this first-time experience with anybody that wanted to. So that's that. Um, <clears throat> I think we want to go over today what it means to be blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? And um, the first thing, I don't know what you thought of, but what I thought of is uh, hashtag blessed because of the era that we live now. Some of us may not be familiar with this, but it is uh, something that I think I've been a little bit inundated by, especially on social media. What's it mean to be blessed? And so what I did was I went to um, Instagram. Is that, is that good? I don't know if that's good. But I went to Instagram and I typed in hashtag blessed and I was like, why are there so many pictures of you know, topless men and bikini clad women only in hashtag blessed? I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not encouraging you to do it now. I'd be like, this is what Pastor Jean looks at. That's not my intent, but I just wanted to know what people looked at. And so for me, it was uh, a little interesting. So it made me think a lot. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? And is, is the knowledge of what we think is blessed, is that right? I think some of us will immediately say yes or no uh, to what I just said. 
if you saw a bikini clad woman or a topless man who has a six pack, that kind of thing, it's like immediately have an answer. Um, I'm going to ask that you hold back that answer. Let's explore it together. Okay? Is that okay? Can you just hold back some of the answers that you might already be thinking of? And um, before I even begin, I want to give you what it means for a pastor to interpret the Bible or how we do it. So I'm giving you the secrets of life now. Um, how, how do we correctly interpret the Bible? And um, uh, this is something that we say is hermeneutics, uh, especially when it's concerning the Bible. And number one, anything that's cloudy, we know that is made clear by other scripture. So if there's something that we don't understand in scripture, something that's a little confusing, we take other portions of clear scripture to interpret scripture. So the number one hermeneutical principle I want to tell you is scripture interprets scripture. Scripture interprets scripture. Number two is every text or scripture must be understood in its context. In its context. So that means we need to understand historical, cultural, and social values and what people were going through at the time. So number one, scripture interprets scripture, especially if something is unclear. And number two, we need to know context, cultural cues, historical cues, social cues, and things like that. And so with that in mind, you'll see how we can come up to these three points. Blessed, the blessed, and the blessed. And I don't know exactly how you want to pronounce blessed. You can do it, say, like the way I say blessed, or you can say it, you know, the old King James Version, blessed. So uh, I don't know how you, you pronounce. Do you pronounce it hashtag blessed? People just go hashtag blessed, right? Uh, just making sure I'm not crazy. Uh, so the first thing is blessed. What does blessed mean? And so to understand what blessed means here, let's go to scripture. What's blessed mean there? And what's the first thing that you think of when someone says blessed is someone? Blessed is someone. For me, it was Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers or scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So blessed for me would come to that. Uh, so a lot of people would think, what's blessed mean? Blessed might mean what it is to model favor with God. I think that's what people would initially come to a conclusion for. What's blessed mean? That means God gave me stuff. So like, hashtag blessed, look at what I've been endowed with or been given. And so maybe that's initially what you would mean. But if you look even more closely to what blessed means in the Hebrew and the Greek, what it really means is enviable. Isn't that crazy? Someone that should be congratulated. Someone that's happy or fortunate or well off. Uh, in that sense, maybe society has the definition at least of hashtag blessed right. Like, look at my body. Don't you, not me, I'm just talking like, don't look at my body right now. I'm, <laughs> Like, look, when you see a picture that says hashtag blessed, it's like, look at my body, don't you envy it? 
And maybe there's something to that. At least we need to discover and go through. And when you see, and so there was, there were all these pictures. There was one, uh, there were very few, for me, when I looked, there were a few anomalies to the, you know, to the body selfies. Uh, one was, there was one and there was a pregnant woman that came up and the other, like, three I saw were food, which is interesting. But, I mean, so is that what it only means and is that what it means? So these are things I think we need to wrestle with if we're going to fully understand this passage. But in the Hebrew, asrei uh, means really what we're trying to get to. It means fortunate. It means well off. In a way, in our language, it means lucky, nice, wow, 100, fire, like those kind of things. So in, in that sense, it would mean these things. It means, wow, you are really fortunate. And I want you to think of that in that context that we're reading it. And so in that context, when you would see that and you would understand the meaning of the word blessed, you would see all throughout history, we have people who also understood this to mean the meaning of blessed. But this is how they would put it. Um, in the late 90s, we found something called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And from the Dead Sea Scrolls, we found a lot of teachings that are not like extra canonical. They're not biblical. But people would still teach it, meaning people would hold it into these communities and read it. So we found this one from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And do we have that up? This is what uh, one of the, you know, the things, the scrolls, things that we found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. But um, it says this, blessed, and remember, this is the same thing, lucky, fortunate, wow, that's really envious, that's awesome, I'm a little jealous. Blessed is the one with a pure heart and who does not slander with his tongue. Blessed are those who cling to his statutes and who do not cling to her ways of perversity. By the way, his and her were used because his statutes meant God and her was either wisdom or folly. So um, just so you know. Blessed are those who rejoice because of her, meaning wisdom, and do not spread themselves in the ways of folly. Blessed is he who seeks her, meaning wisdom, with pure hands and who does not go after her, meaning folly, with a deceitful heart. Blessed is the man who has attained wisdom and walks in the law of the Most High and applies his heart to her ways, who cherishes her lessons and ever rejoices in her corrections. And it goes on, this last one. I want you to take notice. This is what people had been teaching through millennia, through hundreds of years. This is the one that's blessed. Blessed is this kind of person. Uh, about 150 years before this happened, there was another Jesus that lived. His name um, was Jesus Barsira. And then, could I put his stuff up? And this is what he uh, would teach. And uh, this, is, this is, actually we have a record of this. I can think of nine whom I would call blessed. And the same member, take that meaning. Happy, fortunate, lucky, envious, enviable, right? Uh, and a tenth my tongue proclaims. Blessed is a man who could rejoice in his children. Blessed is a man who lives to see the downfall of his foes. Blessed is the man who lives with a sensible wife. Blessed is the one who does not plow with ox and donkey together. I thought about that a little. It's like, is it because it's uneven yoked? 
I'm not sure, but that person is hashtag blessed. Next one is blessed is the one who does not sin with the tongue. Blessed is the one who has not served an inferior. Blessed is the one who finds a friend. Blessed is the one who speaks to attentive listeners. How great is the one who finds wisdom, but none is superior to the one who fears the Lord. Fear of the Lord surpasses everything. To whom can we compare to the one who has it? And so these are the things that I was hoping that you would all see. This is, I think, a normal understanding of blessing. When we think hashtag blessed, we do think favor from God. We do think I'm in an enviable position. I am blessed. However, however, when Jesus goes blessed, what does he say? Blessed meaning envious. That means something hashtag worthy, something that you could put on Insta and really be proud of is blessed are the poor in spirit. And that should throw you back a little. It's like, what? Who's going to brag about their poorness? Blessed are those who mourn, who are grieving, who are weeping for their loss. How many times do you see that on social media? Blessed are the meek, and this is something that we don't really, the word that we use a lot. But blessed are meek. Meek are people that you just push around, that never say anything. You just smack them upside the head, and they're like, mm, and then they walk away. And then you go, that person's meek. That person's meek. He's submissive. He goes, blessed are the meek, those that have been pushed around. And so when you first initially think of this, you're like, what is going on? Even Jesus Barsira didn't do that, right? 150 years before, all of the teachings that we saw didn't. And all of a sudden, here comes this man, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus who has come to be Emmanuel God. And he opens his mouth, it says in verse 2, and he teaches them, and he begins with this, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we have to get exactly what's going on. Why would Jesus start this way? And it's so important because if, if we don't get this, then I don't know if we're going to get anything else. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So blessed does mean the things that we talked about. It does mean it's hashtag worthy, something to be like, yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm so blessed. And so when Jesus says this, what does it mean? So who are the blessed? Who is Jesus addressing? And for that, I said, let's look at context. Let's look at social cues. Let's look at history, right? What happened before this very moment? Chapter 4 happens. In chapter 4, he said in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, seeing the crowd. So who are the crowds? And in end of chapter 4, it says, so his fame spread throughout all Syria. We did this last week. They brought him all the sick, those afflicted with diseases and pains, oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Who are the crowds that are following Jesus? These are nobodies. Nobody would give them any account, listen to them, any credit, give them any ear. Remember we, we, we saw that blessed are the ones who have an audience that listens to them. Remember that one? This would be completely opposite that. 
Remember the, that one, blesses the one who has not served an inferior? Everybody here would have served an inferior. But Jesus is starting to say something, and you're like, this is different. This is different. Because not only does he say, blessed are the poor in spirit, but he goes, yours is the kingdom, or theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember, what was, Je what was Jesus bringing? Jesus was bringing the kingdom of heaven. And he's like, I'm going to bring it. And then the first thing that he says, I'm bringing, remember, we shouldered the government on, he shouldered the government and he's bringing it last week. And now he has the government, the kingdom of heaven on his shoulders. And the first thing that he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What, do you, what can you imagine and visualize after he's doing this? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then he goes, blessed are the poor in spirit for yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's crazy. That's insane. That's mind-blowing. That's life-changing. And then we continue to go on. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to stop right here really briefly. Some people I uh, have heard said they like Matthew's version, blessed are the poor in spirit, and then Luke's version is blessed are the poor. And some people have said, oh, I like Luke's version, blessed are the poor. Some people are like, um, oh, actually, I like Matthew's version, blessed are the poor in spirit. I want to contend to you that might not be a very complete reading of Scripture or a good hermeneutical uh, technique. We are westernized. You, most of us grew up and were educated here. We love compartmentalizing things. But who were the poor in spirit back in that day? The actual poor, who were actually poor. So economics, uh, socioeconomics, and actual, like the way you were treated, were hand in hand. If you didn't have money, people didn't regard you at all. So who are the poor in spirit? Who are the poor? They're the same people, guys. And we're just trying to compartmentalize. Like, I like Matthew's version. I like Luke's version. Let's not do that. And remember, once again, Scripture interprets Scripture. They're all true. This is true for us. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And then those that are poor, those that are downtrodden, those that people would give no account to or recognize, saying, you're not a full human being. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to learn from you. Those are the people that have the kingdom of heaven. And who are the people that are mourning? Aren't, aren't they kind of tiring? Like, if you continue to mourn, you're just like, all right, that's enough. You know, get over it. It's time to move on. But Jesus sees those people. And he go, doesn't go, enough. Enough crying. It's time to move on. He doesn't say that. He goes, you're really lucky because you will be comforted. You'll find that comfort that you could not find before. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Are we seeing this? And blessed are the meek. Those that are pushed around, those that get bullied, those that when they get smacked, they don't even have courage to say anything back. And he goes, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The earth is yours. Are we seeing a trend? I hope that we can see a trend here. Here, um, I want to just stop really quickly and say a lot of times, I see things in song, like um, a musical piece, because life is music, I don't know. But uh, 
there's climaxes, there's intros, there's finales. And even when we speak, whether you know it or not, that actually is happening. But I want you to see this part like this, okay? There is a climax here. And I think it's six, verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. What does that mean, first of all? But let's go first. Let, let's go first. Who are people who hunger and thirst? Who hunger and thirst? Uh, we have a jokey saying that if you're a thirsty person, now, not, older people might not understand, but if someone calls you thirsty, that's not a good thing, just so you know. Uh, it means you're desperate, uh, desperate for physical, yeah, anyway, but that's what it really means to be thirsty or hungry or things of that nature, but what we have taken, I'm gonna try to explain why people say this and what it means. Who gets hungry and thirsty? Is it just like, you know what? I just feel, I just feel hungry for this right now. That, does that happen? Is that our normal way of approaching things? And I think the answer is no. Who's hungry and who's thirsty? It's not something that we can decide. It's something that just is. It's just what you are. If you haven't eaten, you are hungry. And anytime someone mentions something, you're like, I would really, really love to partake in that burger. That kind of thing. That's how you would respond. Or if you're really parched and you haven't drank water and you're not hydrated, anytime you would see water, your body would almost viscerally react like, I want some of that to hydrate myself. And that's what hunger and thirst is. And Jesus is saying this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. What's righteousness though? What's righteousness? I love Tim Mackey's explanation of this, which I'm gonna share with you. Righteousness is everything to do with what we think, we think this, we think righteousness is just like, oh, um, I'm gonna follow the law. So the law says I should stop at a red light. So I stop at a red light. The law says I can go at a green light. So at a green light I go, I'm righteous. That is a misunderstanding of what righteousness is. At the core of it, Timaki says this, righteousness is a good way to explain it in our language is, I did right by you. Have you ever heard that before? I did right by you. That means if I am righteous with Pastor Paul, and he and I have a righteous relationship, and he's not mad that I called him out on the cricket thing and we're gonna eat this together, right brother? Oh man. <laughs> It's chipotle flavored. Okay, um, <clears throat> I decided to do it after because we have communion. And anyway, um, if I'm right by Pastor Paul, that means we have a good relationship. Does that make sense? So if I did right by Pastor Paul, that means I have a good standing and a good relationship with Pastor Paul. That's what it means. So when Jesus goes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for this right relationship, he is saying something. It's a visceral reaction that we have. It's not something that we can create, but it's something that just originates from within us because we haven't had one in a long time. And we really want a righteous relationship. I want to be right by you. And most of all, I want to be right by God. And then he goes, for they will be satisfied. Do you see how this kind of climaxes? Do you see where I'm going with this? Those that were in the crowd, they were poor. 
No one regarded them as anything. No one would listen to them. They're not going to make any laws or make any tax changes because of what they're going through. No economic policies are going to change. No leadership is going to change because of what they think. Blessed are those who mourn. They are grieving loss. That means they, they have less than what they even they, we thought they had. Blessed are the meek. Those who just get pushed around, don't have any strength to fight back. And then he goes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. When you see this is about a right relationship with you and me, because it needs to be a right relationship between me and God, it has everything to do with you and me, then we see next one, how does it just organically, naturally play out? Blessed are the merciful. If I really want a good relationship, I will show and bestow mercy. Does that make sense? So I am trying to show you here that when Jesus goes, blessed are the poor in spirit, people have taken it as some kind of teaching like we saw from before from the Dead Sea Scrolls or Jesus Barsira. And then these are things that we need to achieve or acquire. No one's going to be like, I really need to be poor. I really need to start losing loved ones. He's not saying this is some kind of moral standard or ethic that you need to ascribe or achieve. These people were already like this. And he has come to them and said, you are blessed. And those who would hunger for righteousness would naturally dole out mercy. I really want a right relationship with you, but you hurt me. You said something that irked me. But you know what? I will grant you mercy. For they shall receive mercy too. Blessed are the pure in heart. Meaning, I don't want to think bad about you. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to think the best that I can of you, not the most evil that I can of you. Do you see someone that's hungering and thirsting for righteousness would naturally think this way? And say, I will, I have to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's no way I can function if my relationship with Pastor Paul is always me doubting him, always me being cynical of his motives, thinking he doesn't have my best interests at hand. I can't have a righteous relationship with him. So I dole out mercy. I'm pure in heart when I think about him. And blessed are the peacemakers when actual conflict happens. I need to... I need to quell that. I need to be like, you know what's more important is that we have a good relationship. You know what's more important than me saying this is how I feel? It's listening. How do you feel? Let me listen. And let's make peace. And he's saying, for they shall be called the sons of God. And here, I think, I believe we can take it this way because he closes, he starts this climax, this pinnacle at verse 6 with righteousness. And at 10, he mentions righteousness again. I don't think he's just saying things just to say it. There's a reason why it opens and closes with righteousness. Do you see this picture? In the first, in the first portion, he's inviting those that have been suffering. This is who you are. You are blessed. And you who have this visceral, guttural reaction to to have righteousness in your life, here's what it is. And he goes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
That means you want a right relationship and people are persecuting you? You're lucky. Happy days for you. That's something to put on your Insta. Blessed are those, are you when others revile you. That means, revile means like people would say the nastiest things about you. Like Pastor Eugene, that face, ugh, just can't take it. Blessed, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's something I can have, you know, put on Insta. That's what he's saying. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. I just want to follow Jesus. I want to be right by God. I'm doing the best I can. And then people are reviling you, persecuting you, and uttering all kinds of evil because you want to be righteous by God. And he goes, rejoice and be glad. For your reward, as something that you get like a prize, is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And when you hear this beginning portion of the Sermon on the Mount, or as we said last week, the proclamation of the good news of the kingdom, what are we seeing? We're seeing something incredible. And I said, you know what, this, this, if we're, if we're going to study this together, this is going to blow us away. It's going to blow every worldview that we have because this is God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is not this kingdom. And it's going to shake us to the core. And I said, are you ready? Are you ready? Because now Jesus has opened his mouth and he's speaking. And we are the people that are, ought to listen. My last point is this, the blessed. Who is the blessed? There was one man who was poor in spirit. He forsook all his riches and glory in heaven with the Father to come to us. And he was mourning. He wept over the people of God, saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. Who's the meek? And being found in human form, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Hungered and thirst for righteousness. He longed for a righteousness and a right and true relationship with God and with each other. Showing mercy wherever he went by healing and forgiving sins absolutely pure in heart with not even a speck of corruption or sin, standing in between God's judgment over us and our sins was persecuted and even killed to make us right with God. Who's the blessed? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the blessed. 
And he is the one calling his disciples. Remember, we, in the beginning of this, uh, this chapter that was read, it says his disciples came to him. Who were his disciples? Who were his disciples? People automatically think the 12. That's not the case. Remember, context and social cues and all that stuff. Did the disciples actually get gathered? No, 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 because only four from the fishermen were gathered first. The rest of the 12 actually get finished gathered, gathering at uh, chapter 10. Chapter 10. So we have to go all the way to chapter 10. So who are the disciples? It's those who came to listen to him. And when Jesus opened his mouth, we were hungry and thirsty for righteousness, saying, I want to listen. That's who the disciples are. That's how, who we're called to be. I want to um, put up one last quote. It's from Anne Voskamp. And she wrote a book called 1,000 Gifts. And this is, who's Jesus? Why should we even listen to him? Why should we trust him? Why should we trust God? And she writes this. He gave us Jesus. Jesus gave him up for us all. If we have only one memory, isn't this one enough? Why is this the memory I most often take for granted? He cut open the flesh of the God-man and let the blood. He washed our grime with the bloody grace. Doesn't that memory alone suffice? Need there be anything more? If God didn't withhold from us his very own son, will God withhold anything we need? If trust must be earned, hasn't God unequivocally earned our trust with the bark on the raw, raw wounds, the thorns pressed into the brow, your name on the cracked lips? How will be not also graciously, how will he not also graciously give us all things he deems best and right? He's already given us the incomprehensible. You know, there's a saying that we say to each other that the, for Christians, it's not the qualified who are called. I want you to hear that. For Christians, it's not the qualified who are called. But for Christians, God qualifies the called. He starts out by saying you are blessed because in him you have already been qualified. You are already blessed. Is there anyone here that feels underrated, insignificant, marginalized, powerless, helpless? Listen to Jesus' words. He's saying you are blessed and has he not earned your trust so trust that he will lead you and guide you forever are we not his church and his body then let's trust God that he will lead our church together keep your eyes on the prize the reward in heaven it's Jesus Christ watch him as he leads his people in salvation. Let's pray.